0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hey, inclined listeners. Looking to start your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. First of all, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Now... You can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can have it heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What is up, everybody? Thank you for listening to The Incline. I am your host, Kevin Klein. It's Monday, July 22nd. Dodgers have an off day today. Hope everyone enjoys that off day. But you're Los Angeles Dodgers. 67-35 on the season. 32 games above 500. And they're 16 games ahead of the San Francisco Giants. Yes, you heard that right. The Giants. They are now in second place. They've been on fire. They've won eight of their last ten. Doesn't really matter, though. The Dodgers, this is what we're focused on. Just coming off a weekend series with the Marlins. They swept them, winning Friday through Sunday. However, the bullpen on Saturday was disastrous. Caleb Ferguson, he's been awful. Yemi Garcia, no bueno. Dodgers is going to have to make some deadline moves for sure because it is getting quite horrendous every time we have to go to the bullpen these days. Kershaw definitely deserved that win. He went six shutout innings, all for nothing. However, Walker Buehler on Sunday, he pitched phenomenal. He went seven shutout innings. He struck out 11. Max Muncy went deep. But let's be real. The Marlins, they're a last place team. Shouldn't have given us any difficulty to begin with. You know, I kind of get the feeling that Will Smith, the catcher, going to get called up this week. I feel I feel like a lot of fans, including myself, are pretty tired of Russell Martin. He's not doing much these days. And the Dodgers defense, this is a whole nother subject. They've been awful. Number one in the National League in errors committed. They're up to 73 now. And that's just... That's unacceptable, guys. That's really unacceptable. Well, it's that time again. Dodgers Angels, round two of the freeway series. I'm gonna cut to me and Jane in a second. I want everyone to know that this was recorded before all the Sunday games started. So if the stats seem a little off, that is why. But Dodgers Angels, Dodgers gotta win. One of these games, because losing both those games to the Angels is unacceptable. But anyways, guys, here we go. Hope you guys enjoy the Dodgers-Angels series preview, round two. All right, everyone, it's time to talk some Angels-Dodgers rematch part two, this time in Dodger Stadium. Back on the show, we got our Angels correspondent. You may remember her from last time. She knows all things Angels. I'd like to present to you guys Jane, How's it going, Jane?
1: I'm super excited to be back, Kevin. I've been looking forward to this all summer. Thanks for bringing me back.
0: Of course. We're so happy you're back. Well, last time, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim swept the Dodgers at home in Anaheim, beating the Dodgers both times, 5-3. to three. Were you surprised by that outcome?
1: You know, like Mike Trout, he got off to a slow start this year. Um, Even when their pitching was semi-okay, you know, it wasn't great. So um, I was surprised to see that. You know, when the Angels offense, when it's hot, they can score runs. You know, they can definitely, they're capable of scoring five or six runs, making it competitive. Um, So I was surprised to see that they won both games. Um, I wasn't that optimistic last time. I'm even less optimistic about the upcoming series.
0: Oh, really? I'm a bit surprised to hear about that. Seemed like the Angels were on a little bit of a hot streak until this recent Seattle Mariners series they just had. Mm-hmm.
1: That's right. I mean, they—the fact that they almost got perfect gamed on Saturday. It's just, it was really embarrassing. So, and the Dodgers, you know, Kevin, the Dodgers are so good at home. It's going to be really, really tough, I think, for the Angels to win. Even if they win one game, I'll be happy. But I don't think they're going to do a repeat of the the first matchup.
0: Yes, the perfect game you're talking about, I believe, involved Mike Leake, who took it into the ninth inning. And this is the same pitcher that the Angels absolutely ran out of the just de- They destroyed him. They ran him out of the first inning in the previous yeah. start. And then Leak bounces back, takes that perfect game into the ninth where he blows it. So the Angels, yeah. th- they're 51-49 and 49 right now on the season. Barely above 500 12 back of the Astros in the AL West. Six and a half out of the wild card, So they're still technically in contention to make a wild card berth. Do you think the Angels have a shot?
1: The thing is, if they want to have a shot, they got to make moves in the trade deadline. And I don't see that happening because right now their pitching is just top to bottom a nightmare. They need a lot of help in. They need a lot of help in their rotation, their bullpen. They don't even have a reliable closer. And in order for them to be in contention for the wild card, they have to leap over four teams, two of which are their own division rivals. And they've been playing awful against their division rivals. I mean, they've had some success against the Rangers, and they had a pretty good series against the Astros about a week ago. But the A's the A's are really hot right now and they have a good team. They're eight the A's are eight and two right now. And the way the Angels have been playing, especially against Seattle, you gotta beat teams like Seattle if you wanna have a chance to stay in contention. So it's right now it seems a little bit like a long shot, but it's not like they're totally out of their work running. I mean, the window is there, but it's closing fast.
0: You are absolutely right. I made a bold prediction stating that the Angels were going to have the best record coming out of the break in the American League. It looked like I was right for a hot second. I believe they won five in a row, but now they've lost three in a row to the Mariners while another team you mentioned, Oakland A's, they've been on fire. They're looking like they're about to make some noise in the American League and maybe even get a World Series run in there if they make the right deadline moves
1: possible. I mean the A's are really good and I I just at this point in time I can't picture the Angels playing better than the A's. And you also have Tampa Bay and Boston are also in that wild card run. So right now you have Cleveland and the A's are leading the wild card. Then you have Tampa Bay and Boston behind them two and three games back respectively. Then the Angels and the Rangers are both six and a half games back. So it's going to be interesting to see how these whole the division games add up. The Angels actually have an interesting series. They'll play Boston, I think, in a week or so. They'll also play the Orioles. That'll be a good chance to make up some games. But they really have to improve the way that they play these division teams because you can't lose three games against the Mariners. You can't lose... You know, you can't split series with Houston or with the Rangers. They really have to step up their games against these division rivals.
0: For sure. You are 100% correct. Let's talk about some pitching. Well, right now, the Dodgers, as expected, they are number one in Major League Baseball. They have a team ERA of 337. Add on top of that, the Dodgers, number one starting staff. They have a 298 team ERA. Things have been going the right way for months now. On the other hand, you got the Angels, Team ERA, 22nd in Major League Baseball, 492. That seems pretty high. And their starting rotation, even worse, sitting at a 540. What's gone wrong?
1: Oh, man. Well, Kevin, a lot of things have gone wrong. Let's start out with um, the Matt Harvey experiment, which came to its very predictable end. $11 11 million dollars spent on this failed experiment he leaves with a 7.09era I don't know what the angels were thinking when they signed Matt Harvey but I think that everybody knew that this was gonna this was how it was gonna work out I mean the dark night more like the dark blight he's done <laughs> um another they also got struck with some bad luck um, Andrew Heaney just got placed on the 10 day. IL um, with some shoulder, I think some shoulder tightness.
0: That guy has um, always hurt.
1: Yeah, I mean he is not. But even still, he hasn't been solid this season. He has a five point oh nine ERA, and he was like supposed to be one of the last solid pitchers in our rotation. So like when you're salt, the last solid pitcher has an over five ERA, you know things are bad. And then of course we had that tragedy with Tyler Skaggs. Rest in peace. My thoughts go out to his family, his friends. I mean, that was just devastating. And, you know, he wasn't really having that, uh, you know, a spectacular season. But among all the Angels starting pitchers, he had the highest war. So you know that you could, when Skaggs was on the mound, there was a good chance they were going to win that game. The only optimistic thing and um, I saw the LA Times, I think, report this, is that J.C. Ramirez is going to be coming back soon. He's been out 15 months with Tommy John surgery. So if he comes back, hopefully, in like mid-August and the Angels are still within five games of a wild-card spot, that might help them out a little bit. Um, they also claimed Alberto Mejia from the Twins, but um, he has an 8.8 ERA, so... Good luck, bro. I'm not really, <laughs> not really expecting much to happen with him. So I mean, it's just awful, Kevin. It's really you. All those stats you're listing about the Dodgers' pitching makes me green with jealousy because that's you guys have your dream pitching staff. Basically, I know you want to pick up maybe a few guys in the trade deadline, but I mean, the Angels to me just need a top to bottom rebuild of their pitching. Staff And I don't think that they're going to make anything, any significant moves on the trade deadline anyway. We'll see. You never know. They could do something surprising, but I highly doubt it.
0: I see. It's very unfortunate. What happened with Tyler Skaggs, as you mentioned, he was a big force in that rotation. And on top of that, they lost Trevor Cahill. You look at their death chart right now, they have three starters listed. So they are just hurting for starting pitching and even Griffin Canning, he's hit a little bit of a rookie wall. So it's going downhill for the Angels pretty fast. The only thing that seems to actually be keeping the Angels alive is their bullpen, believe it or not. They're fifteenth in Major League Baseball with a four forty-eight ERA, while the Dodgers they've been sliding as well. That seems to be the Achilles heel. They are now eleventh with a four ten bullpen ERA. Um the Angels, their defense, they actually are 7th in Major League Baseball. They've only committed 49 errors. And the Dodgers, going to touch on this some more later, but number one National League team and errors committed. They're up to 73 now. That is not okay. So let's talk about the pitching probables. Game one features a rematch. Felix Pena taking them out for the Angels. He's 7-3. and three. He has a four ninety-two ERA, ninety-one strikeouts, and he'll be going against Kenta Maeda, who is seven and six. He has a three seventy one ERA, 106 strikeouts, and Maeda hasn't won a game in over a month now. But what should we expect from Peña this time out?
1: You know, so I don't know if you remember the last time um that Peña pitched against the Dodgers, but that's when the Angels used the opener strategy, and they had Ben open for Pena. So, But Pena, his last start, he didn't um, have an opener, and it did not go well. He got shelled by Houston, gave up eight runs in four and two-thirds innings. Um, So it'll be interesting to see whether or not the Angels use the opener strategy again. I would assume that they would, um, just because their their rotation is so shallow right now, they could actually, I think, use that supplemental help from the bullpen. Um, Jaime Barria also got shelled in his last start against the Mariners. That was the uh, the almost perfect game. So uh, we'll have to see how this goes. But starter, like Pena-wise, I think we can expect an opener. I would think that Osmus would want to take it that direction especially after Pena's last start was so bad and they just they need all the help from the bullpen that they can get it seems like the bullpen is the only thing that's sort of working for them right now although Noé Ramirez is is, is just out three games I don't know if he'll be back in time so we'll see what happens with Pena it'll be interesting to see if they do the opener strategy it seemed to work for him last time
0: Yeah, last time Payne came out of the bullpen, like you mentioned, he only went three and two thirds innings. He allowed two runs, six hits, four strikeouts. And Kenta Maeda, he gave up five runs against the Angels. He went four and a third innings. Maeda, in that last outing against the Angels, he had, it was the first inning, he had two strikes, two outs, gave up a home run to Otani. There was a snowball effect going forward. The Angels scored five runs in the first. They went up up 5-0. Angels held on to win that game 5-3, so we'll see if Maeda can rebound. He's pretty fresh. Uh, His last start in Philadelphia, there was a long two-hour-and-a-half rain delay, so he was only able to pitch two innings. He just came out of the bullpen for an inning Friday night, so over his last 12 outings, he's only given up or sorry, he's only posted a 3.20 ERA, so he's on a pretty good uh, pitching streak ERA-wise, even though he's not able to get these team wins. And then Felix Pena, he got destroyed, like you mentioned, and fact about him was he came out of the bullpen and he pitched those seven no-hit innings, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, that
1: was the first game after um, Tyler Skaggs. And he was part of that uh, combined no hitter. So, you know, it's it's night and day with this guy. You could either be on fire, great, shut out, or he could be a complete disaster and implode. So, <laughs> I mean, if I'm if I'm Brad Osmus, I'm thinking strong and hard about having an opener for Pena, just given his His last start, you know?
0: Yes. Over his last eight appearances, Pena has an ERA around seven. So he is struggling. Game two, Jaime Barilla hasn't pitched a lot this year, but he's in the rotation now because they're pretty slim. But he's three and three. He has a 736 ERA, 34 strikeouts. He's taken on... Ross Stripling, if he's not traded by then. I don't think he will be. That's more of my thing of trying to get him traded. But Stripling, he's four and three. He's a three sixty four ERA. Seventy four strikeouts. Why is Berea so bad?
1: He actually is not consistently bad. Like, yes, the game in Seattle was awful. Gave up ten runs in three and two-thirds innings. But you go to his last three games before then versus the Rangers. Pitched five innings. Gave up two runs. Cincinnati pitched five innings. Gave up one run. And then Oakland, his last start, pitched five innings. Gave up one run. So it's... But then the game before that, Kansas City, he gave up seven runs in one and two-thirds innings. So it's... Maybe he has
0: a few
1: bad starts. He's not consistently good. Um, But I think that, you know, the more that the floor falls out from under them pitching-wise, the more pressure it's going to put on these guys. And I don't know if Osmus is going to try to get him to go more than five innings. I kind of... Seems like after five innings, he's done. Um, you know, it's it's hard when it, you're on this staff of guys and you just see everything just falling out from under you. You know, Harvey's gone. Heaney's on the IL. You had one of you know your good, the players die. Um, which was tragic and I think that it really affects you mentally and it really puts the pressure on you to step up and I think that maybe he experienced a little bit of that in his game with Seattle a couple days ago Um, I hope that he can rebound though I mean it really only takes one or two good starts for him to rebound again I think his ERA is so high because he really has not had that many starts um so we'll see how it goes. He's got another chance, but um, again, like at Dodger Stadium, you know how good the Dodgers are at home. So
0: yes. we'll see how it goes. So he's either, he's either going to give up one run or he's going to give up seven.
1: Exactly. Somewhere in between there. I'm pretty okay.
0: confident. And this but you, is you, a,
1: can, you can definitely count on the fact that he will not. I'm very certain that he will not go beyond five innings.
0: Okay. Which, good to know. So the Angels bullpen will definitely get some work. Mike Trout, he's actually five for five against Ross Stripling, so that will help you guys out. And
1: I mean Mike Trout has been carrying this this team on his back. Literally. And I think I said last time on your podcast, Kevin, that if the Angels wanted to have a shot at the wild card mike trout was gonna have to turn it up to ten thousand because he got off to a slow stir i want to read some stats for you so in april and may mike trout had a 281 average he hit 13 home runs 31 rbis it's good but it's not mike trout good june and july entirely different story he has hit so far those past two months 319 18 home runs 44 RBIs. I think he had something like five or six RBIs in last night's game against Seattle, Saturday night's game. Um, So, you know, it's thank God for Mike Trout because he is what makes this team so fun to watch. He is just so phenomenally good, and I'm glad that he has really turned it up. Uh, in the second half of the season, we are going to need him, absolutely need him, if we have a shot at a wild card.
0: Absolutely. He is without a doubt the AL MVP front runner. I don't even think it's close. I can't even tell you who would be in second. He's up to 31 home runs, 78 RBIs, 300 hitter. While we're on the topic of hitters, Cole Calhoun, I'm going to mention him every time. The Dodgers and Angels face. He is going to hit a home run. If it's not a home run, then it'll at least be a double because this guy is out for blood anytime he wants to play the Dodgers. I don't know if it's because he sees Justin Turner and wants to prove he's the best redhead. Don't know. Cole Calhoun is basically the identical of Jock Peterson for you guys. These guys basically have the same batting average. They're at 232. Both nearly the same at home runs. Calhoun is at 21 now. Peterson I believe is at 22. They both can bat lead off even though I don't think it's a good strategy for either team. Uh, Calhoun proves he, he can get on base. I believe he has an on base of around 320, so despite the Low batting average. He proves he's gonna get the walks. I don't know how Calhoun is still on the Angels these days. Do you know? He seems like he'd be a good trade piece by now. I was
1: just thinking that you know he's. This is the final year of his contract. Um, he does have an option, I think, for um, next year, but um, he is signed through this year, and he might be, be a good. He might be a good part of a trade piece if they fold in maybe a couple prospects, but you're right about Calhoun, where he he just absolutely there are just players who do well against teams, and Calhoun just absolutely crushes the Dodgers. You, you might have a you might be onto something with the Justin Turner theory there, um, but yes, he has 21 home runs. He does get on base, but that low batting average is really. Concerning, And if you take a look at his past few years, I mean, his average last year, 208, his average this year, 232. It's really not improving so much where I think that you could see some value in him as a trade piece, but it would have to be partnered with another good trade piece. And I don't know if the angels are willing to part with Calhoun for, and, you know for an overall trade deal maybe maybe they will but um, it just seems like everything that you know the front office has been saying they are looking to you know do a really wide scale upgrade you know and they need pitches. they they would need to get like Matthew Boyd or Marcus Stroman if they wanted to make a wild card run both those guys would require some kind of big package deal. And I just, I don't think I could see the angels shelling out Calhoun and a bunch of prospects just to have a shot at a wild card spot. Yes. So We'll see what happens with Calhoun. It'll be interesting to see if they resign him after his contract's up.
0: Yeah, totally for the Dodgers. I'm really feeling Alex Verdugo. This series I think he profiles well against the two starters the Angels are going to throw out there. He's a 300 hitter. He's got 12 home runs. Max Muncy, he had a huge series last time out in Anaheim. I think he had a multi-home run game. He's up to 25 home runs now. He profiles excellent against Berea. He can hit that 91 mile an hour fastball as well as the sliders. And then Cody Bellinger, I still think he needs to hit a home run against the Angels. Now trailing Yellich by one home run. He's at 34. Thought he would for sure homer last time in Anaheim, but he's got a homer in front of Mike Trout. He's got got to make a little statement there. Uh, For the Angels, I know Otani, he's having an excellent season. He's up to 14 home runs, hitting 295. He's got 162 games under his belt now as a batter. I'm very shocked how good of a hitter he really is. How do you like Otani?
1: I love Shohei Otani-san as we call him. Um, he, he is I mean, a lot of people are surprised that he is such a good hitter because when he came over and signed with the Angels, the focus was on his pitching and I mean, he proved last season that he obviously has the pitching skills. And I think he's proving this season that he has the hitting skills. And so It'll be very interesting to see after he recovers from Tommy John how he goes back to being a two-way player. Um, but it's really refreshing to see that, that even though he can't pitch, that he's still doing really well at the plate. And I think that shows that they can hopefully in the future count on him as being like that crucial two-way player. And yes. it, I mean, where have you seen Albert Pujols in the lineup? You haven't, because Shohei Ohtani is a better designated hitter than Albert Pujols. He even has more power than Albert Pujols. I would like to see maybe a few more home runs. I think that's something that he could work on in the future is boosting his power. But Ohtani has been a really good supplement in our lineup, Um, and I'm really optimistic. I think that the fact that he's having
0: such a good hitting season is a really good sign for him moving forward. Okay, question. There's no DH this series, so can Otani play the field, or is he going to be negated?
1: No, I think he's going to be negated. Oh, I forgot about the DH. Oh, Kevin, this is why we need universal DH. Say we'll save that. <laughs> but I don't think that they want him throwing. I don't think they want him fielding. I think that they would just want him. I mean, maybe they might pinch hit him if they're in a tight spot in, like, the bottom of the eighth and it's top. yes. They might throw him in as a pinch hitter somewhere. Uh, but I don't think they want him taking the field.
0: Excellent. This is a great advantage for the Dodgers if Otani is only limited to two at-bats the entire series. That is a huge bat. The Angels lose. Probably going to get old man Albert Pujols starting at first base. Another thing I like. I don't understand why more teams just don't walk Mike Trout to get to Pujols when given the opportunity because Pujols is pretty useless these days. Justin Upton, he's back for the Angels. Long time history against the Dodgers, so I'm always excited to see Big Uptown coming back. Any other Angels hitters that you want to spotlight? Um,
1: I don't think so. I mean, Justin Bauer, he kind of like, fill. he's been filling in, um, for if Pujols is injured. He's got a little bit of power. It'll be
0: interesting to see if he plays. I think he got sent um, to Triple A.
1: He's down in Triple A? That sucks. They uh, should call him up. Um,. I don't think I can, I don't think there's anyone else.
0: You got Simba. He's back at shortstop.
1: Ren Hefo, he was having, he was on fire coming out of the All-Star break. He was hitting something like 450 in his first few games out of the All-Star break. He's kind of cooled down a little little bit. Um, It would be great to see him kind of heat back up again. Um, You know, we'll see how it goes. He's young. He has a lot to work on.
0: Okay. Well, another disadvantage for the Angels, they won't have the rally monkey this time out cuz I know the rally monkey appeared in the first game of that Dodgers Angels series and that is why the bullpen completely had a meltdown.
1: <laughs>
0: That's why people I deal- don't
1: believe in the power of the rally
0: monkey. I <sighs>
1: don't think it's real. Only- and I have to tell you people, it is real. You have to believe in the power of the rally monkey.
0: Yes, that is the only reason why Dylan Floro gave up a home run to Mike Trout and then Joe Kelly had a total meltdown was because of the Rally Monkey. No more monkey. I'm gonna pre- <laughs> I'm gonna predict the Dodgers win one of these two games. I don't foresee the Angels sweeping the entire season series, cause that would be kind of a joke. Is there any other Angels things you wanted to? touch on real quick, I know you got Skaggs already covered and then the deadline looks like you got that as well. Um, how yeah. about Jake Marisnik? Oh, man. This whole saga
1: of involving Jake Marisnik. So, Noe Ramirez was suspended three games uh, for throwing at Jake Marisnyk. Um I think he's appealing. Which, I mean, three games just... It does seem a little um, high to me. But just a quick recap for those who um, have not been following this. So uh, when the Angels were playing the Astros, Jake Marisnyk was rounding third, coming home. There was a throw to home, Cole Calhoun. Marisnik, you can see him step and collide into the catcher, Jonathan Lucroy. Hits him, like, just tackles him straight on. Luke Roy suffers a broken nose and a concussion. Marisnyk is suspended one game, which I thought was ridiculous. I thought he should have been suspended three games, but it is what it is. He served his suspension. He says he didn't do it intentionally. I don't know about that, um, but it is what it is. So, Noe Ramirez comes out. He throws at Jake moriznick at his head, and he is suspended for three games. And I have to say that is pitchers have to stop throwing up players out of revenge. I get that you're pissed off. I get that you might disagree with his suspension. You know, you might just need to let out some anger, but it's petty and it's selfish and it hurts your team. You know, the angels need as much support as they can get out of, Their bullpen right now, especially what they're starting rotation so bad. They might have to move Cahill out of the bullpen and put him back into the rotation, which that's about as desperate as you can get. And now you're going to have a reliever throwing out of spite and then getting suspended three games for it. I just think that crap like that just needs to stop. And the reason MLB suspended in three games is to make an example of him. I don't know if I agree with the three-game suspension. I think it might be a little high. I think two games and a hefty fine would have sufficed. But I agree that he needs to be punished. He needs to be made an example of. Pitchers can't throw at people's heads and not expect to get punished. And they just need to stop doing it. It's really petty, and I'm kind of sick of seeing it.
0: Okay. Well, I really hear you out. We just had an incident in Philadelphia where... Hector Neris, he threw at David Fries' head, but this was different because Neris, he had given up a go-ahead three-run home run to the Dodgers and then the next batter hit David Fries. So to me, in those kind of scenarios, yeah, that is very poor sportsmanship and players definitely deserve suspensions. I'm also totally against when anytime these pitchers will throw at the next batter... Or the same batter, if they had a teammate, or that same player hit a home run, home run, and did a little showboat. I think all that is really bad and needs to go. But in this circumstance, I am totally on board with throwing at Mariznick because what Mariznick did was malicious. I don't care how sorry he's gonna act. He knew what he was doing. He could have really hurt Lou Croy. Like they are for.
1: And a broken nose. Luke Roy just came back to the team after he got his nose fixed. He literally had to have his nose fixed. So he really did hurt Luke Roy.
0: Yes. But my point I'm trying to make the point that it could have been a, sorry. Go ahead. a broken leg or some kind of knee tear that ended his season. And yeah, concussions are very serious. And we know the long term effects with those. So that is why. I am totally okay with any of the Angels pitchers throwing one time at Marisnik's head because, as they say in the olden days, eye for an eye, and Marisnik had that coming.
1: You know what? I, I I, believe, see, and that's the thing. I think that MLB should be the one doing the punishing. You know, like, the, the players should not be the ones doling out the punishment here. And that's why I was a little pissed that Marisnyk was only suspended one game. Because he literally broke his nose, gave him a concussion. He should have been suspended, I think, at least three games. And And then Ramirez, that's how long he got suspended just for throwing at And My point is that throwing at other players' heads does not solve anything. It will not give Marisnik a longer suspension, it will not automatically heal Jonathan Lucroy. It's it only does harm for your team when you throw at another player out of spite. So maybe this goes back to I think MLB needs a lot of changes. I think that the way that they punish players for certain violations definitely needs to get looked at. Obviously, I can't blame Noe Ramirez. You know, it's he did a really Marisnik did a really bad thing. I really can't blame him. I'm just saying that the the players, the pitchers throwing up players, hitting him in the head, it's got to stop because it doesn't get anybody anywhere. You know, it's anger begets anger. You know,
0: totally. And Marisnik was handed originally a two-game suspension, but he actually had the nerve to appeal it. So I don't know if he was appealing when he got hit. I'm not really sure of the timing on that. But to just to appeal that suspension in the first place kind of tells you this guy has some nerve and isn't as humble as he wants to act. And maybe the right thing for MLB to do was suspend Marisnik. For the amount of time that Lucroy is expected to be out.
1: See, that's more of an eye for eye punishment that I could get on board with.
0: So, Lucroy out for seven days minimum because that's the concussion rule. So, they should have given Marisnik a seven game suspension, and that could have been deemed fair. But these guys, they're close. Like, every t- teammate. They're a band of brothers, so when they see one of their own guys go down like that, the right thing to do, even though a lot of people are against it, it may look immature, it's you gotta have your teammates back and it's petty, like you said, but these guys are really close and they're sticking up for one another and hoping that the team, the opposing team, in this case the Astros, will know better next time to not play dirty like that.
1: spiral into something out of control because these guys have at least I think three more series against each other at the end of this season so hopefully when they meet next time they can semi make peace hopefully they could just move forward from this maybe Mariznick and right. LeCroix could have a little one-on-one work things out um We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But it's just been such a huge debacle.
0: Totally. And it should be a clean slate moving forward. Um, Any other American League teams that really caught your eye? Like, do you have a World Series prediction?
1: Well, you know, I was talking about the A's earlier. I think that, you know, the A's might really have a solid team. I think it helps that they're in a terrible division like the AL West. Um, But I would really keep my eye on the Oakland A's, you know. They have been on fire lately. They've got a solid team, Um, you know. uh, They're playing the Twins right now. The Twins also have a semi-good team. Uh, We'll see how the A's go. Um, The Yankees are on fire. If I had to make a World Series prediction at this point, I would say Yankees-Dodgers. That would be awesome because then you could come visit me in New York and we could go to a World Series game.
0: Yes. Um, (laughs) Because you you live in New York, so what are the fans saying about their team?
1: You know, everybody is really hyped about the Yankees. I mean, everybody just says, you know, they're on fire. Uh, The fans are really, really pumped. I think that they think this is going to be their year because the Yankees have had – Terrible luck with injuries. Giancarlo Stanton has been injured several times this year. They lost Judge for a certain period of time, but he's back. But even with both those guys out, the Yankees did not miss a beat. So they've got a really great team. Their lineup is just monstrous. C.C. Sabathia is hanging in there in that rotation. Um, they might get Dylan Batances back in um, August or so. I think he's coming off the I.L. here next month. So, the you know, it'll be interesting to see how the Yankees perform, but they've been crazy, crazy good.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm seeing. Also helps when you get to play Baltimore a lot. but
1: Oh, that's true. <laughs>
0: That's why I'm very big on the Dodgers getting as many right-handed arms as possible because this Yankees lineup is loaded with righties. All right, Jane, uh, anything else you want to touch on real quick? I don't think so. All right. But
1: it was great to be back on the podcast, Kevin. Thank you so much. I hope you'll invite me for the uh, World Series. but Maybe- your AL
0: correspondent. <laughs> of course. Well, we might have you back on later this season. Who knows? This is the last time the Dodgers and Angels will meet in the epic freeway series. It is a rivalry. Deal with it, people. Where can we find you on? Yes. Where can we find you, Jane?
1: sounds like alphabet soup but i'm sure kevin will put it in the podcast bio and it is a rivalry people dodgers fans might not take the angels seriously but they should because we swept you guys at angel stadium earlier this year i think that angels fans think it's more of a rivalry than dodgers fans and i think that's a detriment to the dodgers fans who don't think it's a rivalry
0: so step up dodgers let's see what you got all right Thank you for joining the Incline. Hope you all, Dodgers or Angels fans that are listening to this podcast, have a good weekend and enjoy this upcoming freeway series. All right, Kevin Klein out.